Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. My name's Dan, as has already been said, and I'm delighted to be able to share with you this morning as we think about uh, rounding off our series on 1 Peter. Uh, We've been looking at it for the last few weeks and looking at what it really means to be God's church together. Uh, Last week, especially, David looked at what it meant to grow in our faith, in our individual personal faith, and he asked the question, are you growing in your faith? And today we're going to be unpacking that a little bit more about how as we grow in our faith, God builds his kingdom through us. How God chooses to use us as his people to build his kingdom and to reach out to the world around us. Um, And so today, just to help us, I've got a sentence um, that we're going to journey through that I think kind of sums up the kind of things that we're going to be thinking about today. Um, And it will come up along the bottom of the screen. And it says, the world is watching you represent the kingdom. So do good and go all in for Jesus. That's what we're going to be thinking about today. How the world is watching you represent the kingdom. And so do good and go all in for Jesus. And so we're going to start with that first bit. The world is watching The world is watching you. Did you know that if you uh, were to have an average day working in London, commuting into London, um, and then an hour's lunch break, uh, you are caught on about 300 CCTV cameras. There's about 4.2 million CCTV cameras in the UK, approximately. And think about the digital world as well. Think about all of the the keystrokes that we type into the internet. Think about um, the the phone calls that we make. Everything can be traced. And and actually, at the moment, we live in a time where we track and trace is a very normal thing for us, where we're expected to be followed and everyone needs to know where we've been and what we've been doing. We live in a world that is always watching us. And I get the impression, as I read through 1 Peter, that Peter believes the same thing, that the world is watching. But he thinks that the world is watching Christians to see how they respond, to see how they react, to see how they respond under pressure, to see how they they respond as as persecuted people, as slaves with disagreements in their households. The world is watching how Christians respond because they represent Jesus. And, and people are watching you too, not in a weird way, um, hopefully, um, but people are watching you. They're watching to see how you react because you represent Jesus. To those that you work with, with your family, to your neighbours, those that you live nearby, to those people that you see as you walk down the park, they're watching how you live your life. And it may be that the only expression of Christianity that they have is your life. Billy Graham uh, once said, we are the Bibles the world is reading, we are the creeds the world is needing, and we are the sermons the world is heeding. And yes, we need to grow in holiness. Yes, we need to grow in our own faith, as we thought about last week, but sometimes we can think that that's all about us. And if we don't do that, then we're the only ones who miss out But that's so not true, because the world needs you and me to be the best Jesus followers that we can be. The world needs us to represent Jesus to to it. 
to those people that you see every day. They need to see you living for Jesus. And now this can feel like a lot of pressure, um, like the whole world, like it all depends on you. It's about, but, but the thing is, it's not about getting it right all the time. It's not about being perfect because we're not going to be able to do that. It's about choosing to go with Jesus every day, to really, I love the phrase of becoming a Christian every day. Some of us, we really need to become new Christians every morning. We just need to dive in every day and go all out for Jesus every day. Um, and when, when we think about it being about being perfect, it's not true, because if you look at who's writing this, if you think about Peter who's writing this, he's writing from a place who has made so many mistakes. Um, in chapter three, verse 15, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. And I think what echoes as he writes that is the fact that he didn't have an answer. There were three points when he denied Jesus three times and he didn't have an answer to who Jesus was, to his relationship with him. A young servant girl asked him and he denied knowing Jesus. He had no answer. So she asked him again, you follow Jesus, don't you? And he said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the whole room asked him and he denied again. He had no answer. And so his encouragement is always be prepared to have an answer. And I think Peter is aware that people are watching. I think he remembers that denial, those moments, and thinks that people can sniff Christians out. They can just sense them and say, you know Jesus, don't you? And, and that's what happened in his life, and he made that mistake, and he's teaching us from that place that the world is watching how you respond under pressure. The world is watching your relationship with Jesus and wants to be, wants to be involved in that in some way. And so we need to be ready with our actions and our words to represent him. Now, this was really clear to me when I moved to university. Uh, welcome to anyone who has just recently joined us from, uh, at university in Reading. You're so welcome. Um, and a couple of really quick stories uh, for what happened to me at university. Uh, when I first moved into my accommodation, there was a guy there called Nick. Um, he was a pagan. He'd already uh, moved into the, the flat. And he would go around and he would bless all the doors before we'd managed to arrive. He would chant over them. Um, and he lived a very different lifestyle to me. We got on. We were friends. Um, but we lived very different lives. I was a young Christian. I'd only just become a Christian a few uh, years ago. And, and our lives were heading in completely different directions. Um, then, on our final night in the flat, uh, I, he, he trapped me in the corner of the kitchen. That sounds bad. He didn't trap me, but I was packing away my pans uh, to move out. And, and he got me and he said, Dan, you've been living a different life. I see something I want in that life. And, and I want you to tell me more about it. And so that evening, uh, I got to share Jesus with him. But the, the encouragement that I took from that was people are always watching. I was just going about my daily life. I hadn't done anything extraordinary. But he was watching and he was attracted to Jesus in that moment. And to show that I'm not a saint, there was another incident uh, where I was spending some time with a girl. And I'll save you from all the details because it's, not, it's, not, it's a family show, basically. Um, but essentially, she said to me, I didn't know Christians were allowed to do this. And I thought, man, you're right. Like, Christians aren't allowed to do this. We're not meant to be doing this. And at that point, I was representing the kingdom really badly. 
And so I had to go and repent and change my ways and, and say sorry. And, and it, that again struck me that the world was watching. These people look around and we might not even know that they, that they know we're Christians. But the world needs Christians who are going to stand for Jesus every single day. And so let's go back to our sentence. The world is watching you represent the kingdom. So do good and give it all for Jesus. And so we're going to look at what it means to represent the kingdom. Because as a, as a follower of Jesus, you represent the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Peter 2 verse 11 that we had read to us, it says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage, against, uh, wage war against your soul. You see, here, Christians are called foreigners and exiles. Other translations say aliens and strangers. Peter is describing you and me because we don't belong on this earth. We, our citizenship is in heaven. We represent a different kingdom, and part of that different kingdom is having a different king because we represent Jesus, who is our king. That's why Philippians 3 verse 20 uh, says, our citizenship is in heaven. We represent that kingdom here on earth. We represent the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And we need to, as we live a, live a life that represents Jesus, people will be attracted to him because Jesus attracts people, because people are attracted to love and life and grace and mercy. Jesus promises a life and life in all its fullness. And as we're living that, people will look at our lives and say, I want to know what gives them life. And the answer is always Jesus. My encouragement is don't worry about living differently or looking different uh, to your friends at school or, or your colleagues or your family. Uh, that's okay. That's normal. That's going to happen. It's because you live by different principles. You belong to a different kingdom. When I went to New Zealand a few years ago, I felt different from most of the guys there who are my age because they all played rugby, worked on farms, and were absolutely massive. And I'm not. And so my scrawny figure represented the, the United Kingdom in New Zealand, and I looked different. And that's okay. It's all right to look different because we are representing the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And as people see that, they'll be attracted to Jesus and want to know why we live differently. And as we think about reaching out and what it means to reach out to the world around us and to build God's kingdom, sometimes we can be really focused on new techniques, uh, new methods, new programs, new courses. And I, I'm all for Alpha at Home. I think it's brilliant to be, um, to be encouraging everyone to be... Um, David's just cheering me on. Yes, let's do Alpha at home. This is brilliant. Um, but it's easy to lose focus um, and to put the emphasis on a course or a program and say that that's going to change the world. Because the reality when we look in the Bible is that it's God's people filled with his spirit who change the world. Reading isn't going to be transformed because we're doing Alpha on a TV screen. It's going to be transformed because his church is filled with his spirit. It's because his people are living day to day, ready to live and share with Jesus. We're so often looking for better programs and God is looking for spirit-filled people. 
When Pentecost happened and the Holy Spirit came, he didn't set up a new course. The Holy Spirit filled people and they went and preached and spoke and shared their lives with the community around them. God wants to change and transform Reading by the love and power of Jesus working through you and through me, through his church, because God works through people. And you might not feel like you've got uh, very much to give. You might not feel like you're qualified enough to do that, but that is okay, because the good news is there's no UCAS form to fill in. There's no test to take. All it takes is to come with open hands and say, Jesus, I want to be used for you. I want to be used in your kingdom and and to be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the gifts and the fruit and all that we need and equips us with everything to do the good deeds that God is calling us to. And so all we need to do is come to listen and obey and come with open hands, ready to build God's kingdom and let him work through us. And so the world is watching you represent the kingdom. So do good and go all in for Jesus. And we're going to think about what it means to do good. It's a very vague term, or it feels like it, in our, in our culture. And the passage that we've read, and actually the whole of 1 Peter, is full of commands. Peter is really urgent in the way that he speaks. It's full of commands. On average, there's a command every three verses because Peter sees this link between building God's kingdom and being his church and the way that we live because he knows that people are watching us, that the world is watching us. And in the passage that Liz read for us, um, there's this command to do good written in some way at least four times. At chapter two, verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Uh, Verse 15, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence uh, the ignorant talk of foolish people. Chapter 3, verse 16, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And then the next verse, verse 17, is for it is better if it is God's will for you to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. There's this real thrust of this passage of to do good. Goodness is uh, listed as a fruit of the Spirit as well. Um, It grows in us when we're connected to Jesus. It grows in us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's very simple. We do good and we point people to a good God. Even if you're not a Christian, when you're doing good, you're, you're pointing people towards a good God because God is good and they will see the goodness of God in and through people. The original readers of this letter um, would have found this quite, quite a challenge because doing good in their context came at a cost. They were heavily persecuted. But it, and so they were like maligned from society. As they were persecuted, Peter's encouragement is to continue to do good. The response to, to slander and to words of, of hatred and to physical violence, Peter says, is to do, go and do good, continue doing good. And it came at a cost to them. And sometimes it's easier not to do good. Uh, it's easier not to do the right thing. It doesn't cost us as much. It's easier for our lives. It doesn't take as much thought or putting ourselves out there as much or as much intentionality. But that's why 
Peter gives us this example of Jesus at the end of this passage. Jesus continued to do good throughout his life. He, he loved those around him, even his enemies. He prayed for those who put him on the cross. He knew what it was to do good in his life. And then at the, at the beginning of chapter four, Peter says um, the instruction to arm ourselves with the same attitude as that of Christ. He went through suffering and he continued to do good. Good comes at a price. And we're living in hard times now, uh, at least harder than normal. Like things are a little bit more difficult. Our freedom has been taken away from us in some ways. We can't always do what we want. But I'm sure, I'm convinced that Peter's command would be exactly the same. Go and do good wherever you can, however you can, to whoever you can, do good. Because it points towards a good God. The world is watching you represent the kingdom. So do good and go all in for Jesus. And so we're going to go, we're going to think about just to finish what it means to go all in for Jesus. I don't know if you have ever played poker. I'm not suggesting you should. Um, but there is a phrase, a, a move, if you like, um, that says, I'm going all in. Uh, and that means to take all of your chips, everything you have, everything you've earned during that game, and put it all in the middle, put it all on the line, and risk it all. It's a risky move, but it's, it's, it's willing to say, I'm willing to bet everything I have on these two cards, and likely I would probably win uh, with these two. Um, but it's that move of saying, I'm putting everything in there every day. Here we go, everything's on the table. And I feel like God's call to us as a church uh, throughout the last four weeks um, and through the, this letter of 1 Peter is really simple, to go all in for Jesus. To go all in, to put everything on the table and give it all for him. To go all in, not, not, not always because that's what we need, but also because that's what the world needs. Um, the world doesn't need half-hearted Christians. The world doesn't need uh, Christians who have put Christian in their social media bio. It doesn't need people who watch or attend church. The world needs spirit-filled Christians who are all in for Jesus, for the gospel, and want to build his kingdom at whatever cost that comes at. The world needs us to be people who extravagantly and outrageously love others. To go all in and don't hold anything back from him. And this is hard for me to say because uh, I'm sure if you were saying this as well, uh, there's, there's elements of my life where I'm not all in. But it has to come from this place of I want to be. We have to be moving towards wanting to be all in for Jesus. To give everything for him, because that is how he builds his kingdom. And just imagine what the world would be like if every Christian every day got up and said, Jesus, today I'm all in for you. Whatever that costs, I'm going to be all in for you. In everything I do with everyone I meet, I'm going to be 100% all in for you. And we do this not because we have to earn God's love or we have to try and impress him, but because we represent him because we represent Jesus who gave it all for us, who was all in for building God's kingdom himself. And because others need us to be 
all in for Jesus. That's how the kingdom of God grows on this earth. They will primarily see God's kingdom through the way that you live your life. And just as we uh, come into land, I want to finish with a quote um, from the evangelist uh, D.L. Moody. He says, If the whole church of God could live as the Lord would have them live, why Christianity would be the mightiest power this world has ever seen. It is the low standard of Christian life that is causing so much trouble. If we just live in our homes as the Lord would have us, and even Christian life day by day, we shall have a quiet and silent power proceeding from us that will constrain them to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But an uneven life, hot today and cold tomorrow, will only repel. Many are watching God's power, God's people. And don't you want that, that quiet and silent power that proceeds from you? That power that represents the kingdom of heaven and says, God's kingdom is the greatest thing to be involved in in this whole, in this whole universe. And I want to be part of that. And others will be attracted to that. And so my, my essential but uncomfortable encouragement to you as we finish today is to go all in for Jesus, to give everything, because that is how we will transform this world and build his kingdom here on earth. And so the world is watching you represent the kingdom. So, don't, so do good and go all in for Jesus.